So it's actually been, let's see, Tuesday on five, six days. Since uh, some type of insect bite, I have no idea. You know, cleaning out, it's just like really tiny flower beds too. I mean, nothing like I had in Ohio, but it's just small flower beds back of property in Indiana. And uh, that's just something I would see happening in Kentucky. I don't know why, but I mean, I don't know. I just kind of person, I think, because you got a lot of, uh, I call it sacred land. Some people call it God's country, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? God's country. That, that kind of land, you know, cornfields, stuff like that. Ain't nobody going to grow nothing on there. No, no retailers, no nothing going on. No hardies going in the area. <laughs> How many people in the area listening going, how'd you know about the hardies? Eh, little birdie like three weeks ago told me. I didn't even think Hardee's existed anymore. That was the thing. I don't know how many people, I, I really didn't think, I mean, in Ohio, Hardee's was gone. I know somebody worked for Hardee's. Yeah. They worked for Hardee's when they had the brown plaid pants, bell-bottom pants, and they had that French beret. <laughs> I know what? Here I go. On my own podcast for yourself, my journey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are in the art of laughter, the gift of laughter, and oh, so many smiles while you're working at Hardee's. <laughs> I remember this person working at Hardee's. Oh, <laughs> J Lo bubble butts would do well now. Now, if you had a J Lo bubble butt, <laughs> you'd be freaking. You'd be. You have Jenny and the block together. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> in plaid pants. I don't know what shoes they wore. Oh my God, what were they? The brown versus big boy shoes? I don't know. And then it was, uh, oh man, therapy does you good because I start to remember all sorts of things. My brain is just releasing things that I, I remembered. Um, oh my God, but I'd remember. Oh, is it like a freaking, uh, oh Lord, it's my grandmother's, 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 grandmother's curtains, the old uh, <laughs> 70s style uh, couch material they had at the top of the outfit. The thing is, I'm visualizing this person right now. I literally, if I close my eyes, I can see what they're wearing. Yeah, I can see what they're wearing. <laughs> I can see what they're wearing. They're always paranoid. My butt's too big in my pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh, speaking of bottoms, you know what? Now I remember the person who had to go, was it Children's Hospital to have something moved off their butt? <laughs> this podcast is going wrong. It's going wrong. This is great. <laughs> you run your own podcast. You can sit there and yada, 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 and start talking about whatever the hell you want. <laughs> it hardies. Remember Hardy's back in the day? It tells you how old I am. I don't give rat's ass. I embrace my seasoned age. I don't care. I earned it. 50 was a gift to me. Bring it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's another great show I used to watch. Bring it. Remember that? Oh, man. Oh, where am I going? And then, oh, my gosh. I can never remember. Was it Burger King? Or, no, Burger Chef. Wasn't it Burger Chef? It was inside of a mall. Wasn't it Burger Chef before it was Hardee's? Because wasn't it Burger Chef and it was Hardee's? And I'm telling you, I thought they had, it looked like a prison of wood. 
look like uh, you know, talking about how you'd walk and make this grand entrance. Like, oh, see, this is what I mean about great therapy: is to start like tapping into things in your memory that you don't remember. Your mind, you go through trauma, and all of a sudden, even the good things, the funny things, you forget. And it's kind of like just releasing just enough light for your brain to remember all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting to <coughs> excuse me. I start remember all sorts of stuff. I mean, some things I wish I didn't remember, but then there's things like this with Hardee's, and I'm literally, I, I almost, I'm forgetting almost what I was going to podcast. <laughs> I, I'm just going to turn this to a Hardee's podcast. Wasn't it Burger Chef? Was it Burger Chef? Good Lord, it was like, what, a millimeter burger in between this huge-ass bun? Wasn't it Burger Chef? Oh, Lord. Oh, what a smiley face guy was a logo. Good Lord, people listening to this. I don't care where or when you, I don't care who you are. You know right there, that's funny. That right there, that's nostalgia right there. Because then remember, you know, you'd walk through the Grand Isle at Hardee's? This was at a mall in Ohio. You walk through the... <laughs> people know where... They're like, oh, hell no. I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. Burger Chef. Then it was Hardee's. Because Hardee's was after Burger Chef. Walked through this grand aisle. I don't know who the hell you thought you were. They had these shakes. Was it a mocha chocolate chip shake or shit shake? Oh, hell no. Did I just say SHRT? <laughs> they were actually good. You know? I'm not going to say shit shakes. Chocolate chip. Chip shakes. Mocha shakes? Was it? I think it was Burger Chef. I don't know, but you'd walk through this grand thing of the really bad vinyl, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't in the 70s. And then you had like this petition, but it wasn't a petition. It was these rails of wood. And I'm telling you, it was like if, if a jail cell was made out of wood, <laughs> you couldn't really see the other person on the other side. Do I know that person? You know what I mean? And you'd guess and you'd be like, oh, it's just that piece of wood in the way. No, that isn't so-and-so. <laughs> but they literally, I know this person worked for Hardee's. Yeah. They worked for Hardee's and they kept hair curlers in the back of their car all the time. And literally the sun became one with the hair curlers. And you wonder where the rays came from on the sun. It's because of the hair curlers, girl. The hair curlers, really, when the ray hits hit the back of the car with hair curlers that are literally molded into the, like, the back of the car, literally. And I don't even know what kind of car it was. But I can see, see, this is a crazy thing right now. I'm remembering all this. I keep all this. I remember the car. I remember what the car looked like. I thought it was blue. It was one of those little tiny cars, compact cars. I want to say a Pinto, but I don't think it's a Pinto. I don't know what it was. This is crazy. See, this is the first time I remember all this stuff. Since, like, good Lord, you know? Season. Season, folks, season. That makes me seasoned, and I'm damn proud of my age. I'd be 85. God will let me live the bell. I'm going to be 120. That's my goal. <laughs> He could sit there and say she defied everything. God called me home. He didn't have just one pair of wings. He had like a hundred pairs. And he said, okay, work. Get ready to work. Because I'm going to have you helping everybody and everything you've gone through. That's why you went through a little bit of everything. Because I'm helping you to help other people. That's going to be, I'm telling you, that's really, truly believe. But Hardy's brown polyester, true polyester. If you lit a flame near those clothes, I'm telling you, poof. We think Michael Jackson was bad at Pepsi commercial. You didn't see nothing in the Hardy's outfits back in the day. And then they had that bad plaid brown and mustard and, and, and baby puke green. I don't know. Was it baby puke green? I don't know. Or baby puke mustard, diaper mustard. I don't know. Ugh, that was gross, but I'm just telling the truth. 
I'm literally, uh, uh, <laughs> he is out this. I'm telling you, if you had a big butt, polyester pants, that's where it's at, women. You want a big butt? You want to show it off? Polyester pants. I'm telling you, that's all you need. You don't need the Kim Kardashian with Kin skins, skims. I don't know, shapewear, hella shapewear. Oh, just start walking a trail or something. Watch what you eat. That's my shapewear. Just don't eat the, you know, bad stuff. Like Hardee's. But literally, why did I say Hardee's? Because Hardee's going to Indiana. I thought it was gone. But I know the person who wore the plaid play pants and worked at Hardee's. Isn't that crazy? And I can visualize that beret. <laughs> Isn't that Prince song about beret? Oh, man. Was Hardee's French or something? <laughs> the French guy one day said, My Lord, is this such a hearty meal? Wait a minute, I got an idea. Let's make hotties. <laughs> oh, God. I just blew 10 minutes. I was trying to revive the podcast uh, for being offline for a while, for a little bit, but uh, I forgot. <laughs> Since it's getting crazy. Let's get crazier. That's where I start with, because then I'm going to cut this because... VIP podcast. It's going to be Monday through Friday. Start next week. Back up again. And I need to finish some things. Uh, just catching up today, really. But uh, it's been since Tuesday. Insect bite. I was trying to say. I have no idea what the hell it is. A lot of people were saying it had like a bullseye. That's what uh, specialist emergency room checked out. And it was not. I don't have like a bullseye. So a bullseye um, is common with, uh, what is that, brown spider. And then you have that other spider. There's two different spiders. And you typically would get a brown or a... Um, bullseye or where the fangs are at and uh, did not see that but there was some type of bite so the thing is is uh is it a lime or a um tick bite and um it had an indiana property so it's hard to say really it is it could be um i experienced within 24 hours tremors real bad tremors i started feeling really sick like the flu so whatever it was, it's just, and you know, it's not surprising, as they said, people have gone through things you have, compromised immune system, autoimmune disease, gone through max with all different oncology treatments and that, and back and forth with autoimmune things and yada, yada, yada. And um, with things like this happen, and I'm like this with mosquito bites, it started two years ago. I started bruising. Every time I get a mosquito bite, I bruise. So it's just really weird, but that's just how my my body responds. It's basically, you know, um, not normal, let's just say. But uh, I ended up with a blood infection. So that's why I was kind of down for a little while. And then things happened with uh, one of my fur babies, which was a rescue. And uh, I can't even talk about that yet because, um, um, well, I just can't talk about it yet. No, I, I plan on talking about it, but um, I'm allowing myself to feel. Um, I grew up not having that right to feel, you know, and to express emotion in that. And that's so unhealthy. And I'm realizing with therapy, it's wrong. You don't do that because everybody's allowed to feel. You have to be able to feel, you know what I mean, folks? Because when you don't feel, you're suppressing things. And that really suppresses your immune system. Um, it's a trigger for any chronic illness. you got to allow yourself to feel, to feel every emotion that you want to feel and not feel bad or guilty or shameful about it. Um, raise your children and your child or whoever, you know, how many kids you have, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say Duggars, Lord, that son. God said, I brought you in this world. They should, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say what my grandmother says, okay? I'm just going to make it politically correct. God brought you in the world. I can take your ass out. There you go. <laughs> That's back in the olden days, you know what I mean? 
but no matter how many children you have, whether one child or many, you know, allow your child or children to express themselves to feel. Allow them to have emotion. Most importantly, as adults, we should allow ourselves to feel and to grieve, um, whether it's human or animal, you know, pets or family too, for kids, for babies, you know. <clears throat> Gotta let yourself feel. And uh, so true. You know, I could think of many friends that I know that served in the great armed forces and people that I've connected with even recently, you know, with the podcast and that. And uh, internationally, those fighting in Ukraine and VIP podcast is connecting with a lot of soldiers over there. And um, talking about that and going one-on-one, -on -one actually, talking offline and talking about feeling, you know what I mean, and emotion and losing family, um, fellow, fellow soldiers, excuse me, and a lot of men having the problem of showing emotion, you know, and uh, going through the emotion, you know. And you don't always have to be a tough guy all the time. But sometimes that in different countries and, you know, in different upbringings and religion and beliefs and that is men are men and you don't cry. I think in the United States, we hone that a lot, too, in our military. Um, more old school, but uh, then, you know, how military has evolved and grown. And that's just life in general. Um, but this is my opinion. I think a lot of men suppress things um, dealing with grief. Whether that is, you know, a loved one, a parent, um, a, a, a friend, a co-worker, someone you're close to, even your fur kids, your pets. Because let's just face it, and in my world too, um, the support I lacked, animals have always made up for that support. I spent many times really sick, especially through uh, cancer treatments and uh, sick. And uh, I got pictures and videos of who was by my side. And uh, sometimes wake up and a paw would be in my hand. Or on my arm. Um, this speaks a lot. That's where my heart's always been. Um, somebody asked um, upbringing in that with uh, relatives and that was anyone else as passionate as I have been with the love of rescue and rehabilitation with animals because rehabilitation is uh, what a veterinarian owner had said. He'd done a lot of rehabilitation with animals that otherwise we would think would need to be um, euthanized. And you've proven us wrong. One particularly in Ohio had a stroke, <clears throat> and his name was Oreo. And he was the sweetest, sweetest um, pit bull, and they said collie. I got DNA test. It was, D it was collie, border collie and pit. The sweetest dog, um, definitely smart as a whistle, very sweet. And um, he suffered a stroke. So he ended up instantly paralyzed from the neck down and um, took him to emergency animal hospital and they gave him no hope. And it wasn't just one, but it was three veterinarians and the emergency staff that said, it's good to euthanize him now, you know, because he's never gonna be able to walk again. The thing was, is he looked at me and I could tell no way did he want to leave. He wanted to be with me. He wanted to be with his, you know, other rescues, his siblings, I say, you know, my other fur babies. And um, I decided swiftly against it. And I said, let me take him home. I'm going to work with him. And uh, if he wants to give up, he'll let me know. I always believe that, not just with people and loved ones lost along the way, being blessed and fortunate to either be in the same room or holding their hands or to know, um, to have that gift. I believe everyone in each generation has a gift to be able to connect with spirit, loved ones. Um, it's a blessing. It's a gift. I have that. I've had it my whole life. 
but I allowed myself to look at Oreo and literally he looked at me and I said, no, I, I, and he's not ready to go. <clears throat> Took him home two years before he had passed and was a very aggressive type of cancer and a huge tumor was growing um, in his lower throat area. And um, by the time, you know, where he could no longer fight, it was the size of a softball. And unfortunate, I had a veterinarian who decided to do part-time work of helping to assist for babies pass on and the comfort of your own home. So she and her assistant came out to help him to pass while I could hold him. I've never not been there for a fur baby and being their last breath and staying with many family members. Um, do I think it's a coincidence? Um, I think not. Um, I know who I am. I got a good soul and um, I always knew there's just something special about my life. But uh, with Oreo, I took him home and uh, I didn't know about canine carts then, you know, which are wheelchairs for dogs that have gone through strokes where they cannot use the back of their legs. Um, did not know that. Used a sweatshirt, a zip up, and made a homemade sling. And that was how taking him outside to go to the bathroom. Um, carrying around the house. Um, I still have the sweatshirt. And uh, boy, the push comes to shove. I'll give every last dime I have, every last penny, before I'd give you that sweatshirt. Because a sweatshirt means a lot, you know? It was one year to the date. I remember walking him at a park. It was right across the way. And um, neighbors outside and watching him as they did for one year rehabilitating him at home without any help without any assistance um, getting rechecked that's it through veterinary specialists and then watching as well document this amazing miraculous thing was watching oreo be able to walk again slowly 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 from his neck all the way to the final part, which was his back feet, back legs, and slowly gaining his strength. And having this on video camera, because I set a video camera at home when I'd have to leave to watch and make sure he was okay, and got to wonder why he was one place safe and come back and he was like moved around. I wasn't sure, but I watched him also fight with everything he had. Um, that's when my heart really, really grew for the love of helping animals and rescue and rehabilitation work. Could have been a career pathway of life. I think so. But what I do, and a lot of people, most people don't know, is everything is fronted by me. Um, any rescue or mama that I've helped over the years, um, strays or um, county adoption agencies and that they could not find fosters, or if I knew someone or there was a situation, can you take them in, can you help? Or I would just automatically say, okay, take them in. <clears throat> Making sure as well, take my time, that each kitten goes in a very loving, permanent, forever home and making sure it's a good home. And uh, any money that was ever exchanged was basically $20. And that $20 went right to having the mama, having her space surgery, because that's being responsible as a pet owner for a baby owner and part of your family is having them spay and neutered, and that's so important. And I'm 100% believer in that because we have to be responsible as well. If you're a responsible parent, responsible with your human children and your fur babies, you know? A lot of people don't do that, and that's the situations that happen. Um, but it's interesting, every time a rescue 
um, rehabilitating and fighting for their life alongside of them. Like what has happened this week, another rescue is right in place. It's been like this for many, many years. So I said, that's just odd, isn't it? I said, no, not really, you know? Um, I just think that's the way it's meant to be. Some people um, are put in this life, I believe, from higher power, God, for different various reasons. Sometimes I say to do God's work and always remembering that God's creatures were here before humans, right? But we have to watch out for our environment, not just animals, but the environment in general, and I'm big on that. But um, to have a documented with Oreo, it's just something. Going back, is this you know part of genetics, you know, DNA, someone along the line. My aunt, <clears throat> I grew up watching how passionate, how much she loved her fur babies because she could not have children of her own. She went through her own cancer battle. Um, part of her journey, I felt, of uh, expectations of people that weren't there for her. And um, I'm just hoping that I can free myself, which I'm at that process now, of not holding that that back and holding it on my shoulders um, for the rest of my life and my journey. And uh, my aunt did. Did she have a right? Yes. She had a right to feel how she felt. And see, that's the thing I'm saying. You have to allow yourself to feel. You got to allow yourself to children to grow to feel. And adults, we have to learn to feel. If you grew up in an environment where you weren't allowed to feel or you couldn't feel, please know that as an adult, you have that right to turn that around for yourself and feel. Um, my grandmother on um, the other side, she was big with Humane Society and things like that. So I got to watch her firsthand growing up as well with the love of having a tomcat, inside-outside cat, and um, you know, treating her pets like they were family, you know, and being big on, you know, organizations and things like that. So I think I truly, it's not I think I did, I really picked that up from both sides, you know, and it's a great thing because um, your heart's in a good, it's in a good place, you know, it's in the right place. <clears throat> Somebody else has said you would make good, you would make a great person medical field, a nurse or intensive care or hospice. You know, I really thought about that, about hospice and that. And, you know, now that I'm 50, you know, is it too late? Well, you know, I still have the love of the rescue and rehabilitation with animals. And that's where I pour myself. But um, it would have been a career I definitely think I would have excelled with and I would have enjoyed because I love being able to... Um, help people in need and being there when other people, there's so many people that don't have anyone there, the end of the journey. And sometimes people are there and they're alive, but there's a lot of families out there that just, they don't care. And um, a lot of the families view people with chronic illness as burdens. And when people should be there, your family and hold your hand at the end of the journey, there's a lot of people that don't have that. I would have loved to have been able to uh, work with hospice. And I actually had volunteered with hospice and it was started going through the training for hospice, where my aunt was at with hospice, and then the tumor took over. It's just part of things like with therapy that my mind blocked, and I'm remembering now. Um, but right now, I've been busy with rescues, and that one rescue comes in, we help, you know, I help out and um, till they can no longer fight, and they have to be helped, you know, to pass peacefully and humanely. <clears throat> and sure enough, another one, whether a phone call email or something happens, is in place. But everything has always been front at 100% cost on my half, on my behalf, and it always will be that way. Um, that's just how I am. But um, 
going back to the insect bite and that, um, going through blood infection and on high dose antibiotics, and I'm obviously doing well. Um, I'm a fighter. I'm a strong ass woman. So I mean, it is anticipated. It's just going to take a while, as I said. I do not have feeling and not able to maneuver my um, pinky and my finger next to my pinky yet. Um, they're not sure how long it's going to be. Could there be some things happen? Could we have a little bit of complications? I don't know. But uh, as far as cooking and things like that with work, I had to hold that part back for right now <clears throat> until I'm 100%. Everything's great. Um, this is a picture of what my arm looks like now. The swelling did go up to my elbow, and it was like within 24 hours, so it was really, really quick. Um, if I would have had a better immune system, would have happened. Would I have had it with a blood infection? As I said, it probably would have been like less than 5%. But I'm more susceptible to that and like mosquito bites. So I realized this, this is going to suck, S-U-K-S. But I realized this spring and summer, I'm going to have to cover it up. And I'm a person, I like wearing shorts and that. And I'm realizing, geez, old Pete's. I literally <clears throat> went through my closet this weekend, instead of getting things done. And uh, I donated, I think, two bags full of stuff now. Because I'm realizing, why hold on to things? I'm not an excessive person. Um, I could have a billion dollars. I'm still not that kind of person. I still like the thought of simplicity and less is more. And um, that's just how I am. And I think also with everything going on in the world, we need to give back. What you don't need in excess, please give and help others. I've always believed that. And it's the truth And I made sure to give back. You know, so what I like to do every month is give back some way, shape or form. But um <clears throat> I have to get new wardrobe. That's going to, you know, S-U-K-S. And I don't know the prices of stuff, whatever. Um, I'm not one to shop and I don't like shopping. And like I said before, I don't like nail salons and all that. But I'm going to end it here because this is going to get crazy because we started crazy at Hardy's, right? I'll <laughs> end it here. It's just the truth. So as an entrepreneur and someone that is learning to be independent and not have to rely on a man. And, you know, I've realized my whole life, I felt like I always had to have someone. I don't know. Um, is this something learned? Is it an upbringing? Um, working on that with a therapist. But I'm realizing that I can be self-sufficient, independent, and not have to rely on a man. And it's part of that last part of transition and having to, you know, unfortunately, you know, you get to that point where you know, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to leave it there. I, I'm not going to get into yada yada. You know, some things or some things, you know. Will I discuss them or not? I don't know. But I'm just learning to continue to be self-reliant, independent, and um, taking care of myself, my fur babies, continuing online classes, expanding things out, because I know where I'm driven to be, and I know I can continue this path. I just need a little bit more education and going in the direction I wanted to, um, and it is a line of work of helping people. I'll leave it there, <clears throat> but continue to expand. Please, though, as well, you know, get out there, get your grants, your paperwork in, a lot of these uh, places and these companies and organizations and that. you got to get the um, paperwork and things in by October this year. It really just depends on the grant and things that's going on. People on disability or disabled, please don't ever think that's the end of it. You know, take it from me. You can still work. You can still, you know, pursue the career. You can still pursue the love and passion in life, you know. Work with your case manager, work with your caseworker, you know. You can do both. Trust me, you can. You know, look at what's out there and what works for you. And every individual person with a disability is an individual case. So everything's taken, you know, as an individual basis. So please remember that as well. But um, I landed into the strangest um, uh, <laughs> line of work. I was thinking, to, you know, let's share this because of VIP podcast. <laughs> I figure, you know, we talked about this. 
<clears throat> last weekend, and um, actually last Friday, we talked about this and um, talked about hand models. Well, I know someone who actually does foot modeling. Yes, foot modeling, F-O-O-T, foot modeling. And even foot print work. I did not realize that there's some people, particularly you men, who have foot fetishes, which I find very, very interesting. But, you know, I am that open-minded person to where people are entitled to whatever they like, they like, they feel, they feel. And uh, love is love, and we're all big M&Ms. You can mix it up, throw it on the ground. But, you know, throw it on the table. That's how it goes. But I did not realize foot modeling. Well, I dabbled myself into it. And lo and behold, um, while I can no longer work um, and cooking and things like that and the passion and love and, and working business behind that, I have been doing foot modeling. I know. You're sitting there thinking the women are like, did she say foot? Hold on. Let me rewind this here. Let me, let me play this back on my phone. Let me play it back on my, you know, my Alexa, whatever, Siri, or wherever you're listening to. Now, let me replay this back. She just say this on her radio. She say this on Amazon. What did she say? Foot modeling. F-O-O-T. Foot modeling. I also didn't realize the write-offs is business. You can write off foot modeling. One write-off, pedicures. Another write-off, nail polish. Things to do with your independent work. Foot modeling. As well, pretty interesting. Some of you men will pay upwards of $250 for a picture of perfectly manicured feet. Yes, feet. No, not your face, not your body. Feet. <laughs> and a friend of mine has been doing this part-time, and she's now doing full-time with three children, Yes. Husband was laid off, worked for Toyota, changes within the company. It's happening right now. Try to find something that she could do. And uh, she looked into modeling, which she did growing up. And uh, it's interesting because she actually went online through an agency who said that they were looking for models. Companies were for foot modeling, you know, not hand modeling, which she did foot modeling. Well, anyway, she told me about the companies and things and other type of companies are looking for foot models and just in general, foot model, which um, also can be people who have fetish, you men. I don't know, some of you women have fetishes too. You know, love is love for foot modeling. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So why am I modeling my feet? You are actually helping <laughs> all the rescues in need. And loving the passion behind my heart of gold for all animals. And um, it's not just something that just, it's something that it's been, you know, with loved ones, with my aunt, my grandmother, and, and just growing up and seeing that. But it's really the true calling and passion of mine that I have. And all I could say is at the end of this podcast, it was amazing to sit there with a the therapist and talk about this and realizing going through photos of some really happy little babies that would have never had the chance of life if they didn't have someone to take their mom in at the end of pregnancies to help foster and to help them out and the rescues and keeping them away and those that are outside and would have been vulnerable to fox, coyote, whatnot. And um, being able to gain trust, as veterinarian said, call me the cat whisperer, um, animal whisperer, dog whisperer. And that's fine. And go ahead and I will gladly you know, and happily accept that title. <clears throat> but
but foot modeling. You are not just purchasing a picture of my foot. <laughs> There's more to this. This podcast, I'm telling you, it is okay. I know it's strange. Isn't it weird? But I know you're thinking, $250 for a picture of my foot? Damn, girl, sign me up. I'm ready. <laughs> but I had to clarify that. Um, that's where the money goes. And um, helping the rescues. And uh, I'm never going to stop that line of work, you know? Because uh, the world needs, needs all of us to give. Not just sometimes with our pocketbook, or our wallet, our bank account. But to give with our heart our passion, our love, you know, our calling. And even, you know, you all the foot fetishes too. Your feet are calling. We have more than that, more than about that tomorrow on VIP Podcast. And I'll be talking more about that too because there's so much more about the foot modeling and uh, foot fetishes. And uh, good Lord, some of you men, we paid $250 for pictures of feet. 2020, I'm telling you, anything goes, anything goes. Even Hardy's in Indiana. 